the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. So was it easy to follow these principles of being debt-free? No, it wasn't. Was it fun for us in our little trailer that we had that was so old it sat right on the ground so there was so much mildew and mold in the house that we had to leave all the lights on in the closets because it would get all moldy? Was it uh, fun for Dad to um, stoke up the little potbelly stove with little pieces of wood because it was so small at night so we could go to bed and be warm when we went to sleep? But when we put our boys in bed, we had to put their ski jackets on to sleep in because by the morning it would be so cold. Was that fun? No. Did we live through it? Yep. Do I have a nice car? Yep. Do I have a wife who's showing joyful countenance? Say yes, Carol. Yes. All right. So to all of that, I want you to know God has delivered us. And do I ever expect us not to have that in the future? God can do that in a heartbeat. We could go home and who knows what could be waiting for us at the house. All right. So the point still being is these principles still work and we are alive here as a living testimony. Are we great people? No. Are we struggling people on a journey? Yes. Are we still filled a hope with the fullness of God, as he says? I believe so. So when I embark these truths upon you now, impart these truths upon you now, I pray that by the Holy Spirit, you'll at least consider them biblically and then make whatever mid-course corrections you need to make in your life by his power, for his glory, in faith, believing it, and then pass this down to your kids and your grandkids so we can rewrite any of the church that had the wrong teaching on giving. So I think I said enough there, so let's jump right into our notes so we can get out of here by dinner, all right? So let's go. I wanted to leave again with you the conviction that we is kind of like our, our basic principle by which we make our decisions on the whole issue of God's mind on money. And that is that our money, that's our actual cash and our resources, that would be our hard assets, have been given to us from God. So we, we always own that. Everything I have has come from God. He's the only God. He's a benevolent God. He gives us what we need. He gives the need, not the greed. And it must be earned, managed, and given away. So when I say it's been given to us by God, we're not saying that we just sit back and we just go to the mailbox and the money is in an envelope there. Okay, we're not saying that. Can sometimes it come like that? It's possible some money, sometimes rarely for some people. But he'd much rather have us earn it once we get it, manage it. And then, of course, he wants us to give it away. But when we do that, whether we earn it, manage it, or give it away, we do it for his glory. It's always about his glory for his glory alone. And then finally, how do I know that I'm doing it properly? It's according to clear scriptural principles, not those that are taken out of context. So that's our conviction, and I hope that that would be yours. So we talked about getting our money, guarding our money. Now we're going to talk about giving our money. As a uh, pastor for so many years, I think I have found that there are five levels of giving that a lot of Christians or maybe religious people give, and I want to give them to you now. So again, maybe you might fit into one of these categories or at least know the one we should be in. 
So let's go to number one. We call one level of Christian giving, and we call it the tip level. The tip level. There are those who tip the Lord in the same way they would tip a waiter or waitress or maybe someone who takes their luggage at the airport. Just like I'm going to give them something in appreciation. In other words, when they give in church, whether they're a member or not member, they give, I appreciate what I got today. It's a pretty good message. It was all right. I should give. So I'm going to take care of my conscience. I'm going to reach in my pocket because I don't want anybody to think that I'm a cheap Christian. So I'll just kind of drop a $5 bill into the offering plate and I've tipped God. Now, let me back up a little bit. Those of you that are listening on the radio and other places now, I want you to know we have not, we have taken the we have received the offering earlier, so this is not setting our people up for a big give at the end, okay? There's no big give at the end. You just won't be able to get out of the auditorium with our men until you do, but other than that, seriously speaking, so this is just to let you know about tip giving. All right, number two, the second is what we call entertainment level. There are those who come to church for a special event. When it's a good event, maybe it's Easter, maybe it's Christmas, Mother's Day, Father's Day, their kids are doing something, their grandkids are showing up and doing a special program, and they, they've been entertained. So, yeah, I ought to give something back. It took a little extra money for them to do this particular event, so they do that. In a sense, I understand that. We grew up with that. We grew up with the tip-giving level. You know, when we go somewhere, we tip somewhere. We, we grew up with, okay, we get what we paid for, and so we'll do that. And I don't know how many of you maybe lower the amount of tip you left for a meal if your wait service didn't do a good job. So we kind of, we own that in our heart. The third is the emotional level. The emotional level would be that if you have good preaching and they're really telling the stories and they're making people cry about giving and putting people on a guilt trip that emotionally, yes, I'll give, I'll give, here you go, you can have my firstborn, you know, whatever it might be. You get that emotional level you give. On the other side, if you're a leader, a Christian leader, and that's how you motivate your people, the flip side of that is if they feel hurt for whatever reason, they get offended because the announcement wasn't done or a song wasn't right or the message was too long or whatever, they get their emotions hurt, well, then I'm just not going to give any longer. Sounds like kids in a kindergarten play box, okay? So that's not how we're to give. It's not based on emotion. The fourth one is what we call promise-level giving. These are the people they give based on a particular promise. They make a pledge to do that. And often when they make a pledge to do that, well, then um, they have the right to either unpledge or keep the pledge if they do that. That's called pledge giving. I've said this a lot of times. Um, I don't know if you've heard it here. I think I've said it once. As a pastor, again, this is what I've experienced. People will, in a building program, they're going to launch a new ministry and they're going to take uh, commitments from the people, pledges, whether it's faith promise or not. They, they move into that level. They make the pledge. I would even say if you vote for a budget that you agree with that budget, <clears throat> then that's like making a pledge. I agree with that. So it comes with your checkbook. So what I would say then is if you voted for it, your pledge is that you keep giving to that until the new budget comes out. A lot of people will vote a church into debt, and then they'll go leave to another church, and they'll leave you in debt. And that's what I call here the promise level. I I promise, but now I'm not a part of this, so I don't have to promise any longer. What do you think the fifth one will be? The biblical level. All right, The final one is the biblical level. These are those people who have come to an understanding of the very Word of God that we are to give systematically. And by the way, that systematic giving was Old Testament and New Testament. God is a God of order, systematic um, organization, and to give it purposely. There was always a reason to give. It wasn't just to, no, I've got to give a little bit. There generally was a, an amount or what to give and what not to give. 
All right, that was mentioned mostly in the Old Testament, but transferred in the New Testament with a lot of voluntary type giving. It also talks about the joy of giving, that there should be a celebration. It's a worship thing. It's not like I have to give. It's like I get to give. Did you catch that? It's like I want to give. God's given me so much. How could I not give? All right. And so that's a biblical level of giving, and that's all throughout Scripture. And it's my desire that we as a church, for present and for the future church of Circle, that we would all operate on the biblical level. And some of you that are at the top level of just tip giving to the Lord, I want to say thank you. It's better than not giving, because we can always use it. But on the other hand, it's so shallow for what God would have for your life. And I want you to have so much more when you enter it with the right spirit. So that's why we're covering this. Well, let's continue on with our study today, shall we? I want to answer the question. I'm going to give you the big why. Why, why do we give? Now, I imagine if we were driving home in your car, we could ask that question. we get one set of answer. If I climbed out of the back seat of your car and ran to the car next to us, and I climbed into their seat, and I asked that question, I get a different answer. But I think we'll all come to this answer of the big why. Why should we give to the Lord? Here it is, the big why. And I'll give you a lot of little whys, all right? The purpose and the reason we give purely anything we do is to bring praise and glory unto the Lord. And now watch this. To bring praise and glory unto the Lord is to do what He tells us to do. Remember the great commandment. We are to love the Lord our God. all, And then it's, and to love our neighbors. That's all part. Now the question is, how do I do that? There are so many different things that we do, but the bottom line boils down to this. Obeying or yielding to Him. So I love the Lord so much. I recognize who He is. I recognize that everything that I have has come from Him to me through working, through managing, through perhaps prayer. Some ways that God's given that to me. Now I'm going to give that back out to Him to bring glory to Him. So remember, every time you drop any amount into the worship, into the offering plate, you are you are worshiping the Lord. All right, now we're going to expand on that because that's the big why, and there's a lot of unanswered parts of that big why, which we're going to talk about in a moment. That's the big why. Now I'd like to give you a whole list of reasons why you might consider giving that would be just as biblical. So I want to give you the why. And the reason I love giving it to you all here, let me really be transparent with you. Uh, Carol and I have been in a lot of different churches, and we've always tried to have our people that we would speak to or teach or pastor that they would do things not because we said so, not because they heard other people doing it or just followed the examples of others, but that they would be taught a rational reason, that they would know why they do what they do as best as possible, and that why would be answered by Scripture. When we came here to you all a year and a half ago, we were so blessed because most of the teaching on Sunday morning uh, was always answering the why, why this, why this, How, and it was a, it was a teaching. It was to affect our mind, so we would rationally know who God is, who we are, and how we can relate better to Him. I appreciated that. So when I give you these whys, you might be thinking, "Well, I already know that. I've already been taught that. That's great." But maybe I can say it in a clearer fashion, in maybe a vitamin tablet, rather than you having to go to the factory where they make all of it, and to pick out these truths of why we should be involved in giving. So let's go quickly through them. Number one, giving is encouraged by God. A while ago, I I wrestled with the word command. I put command there, then I scratched it out, and I was trying to find a better word. But I think I like the word encouraged better than the word command. And I'm going to tell you why I like that better. You'll probably go to a lot of churches. They'll say, God commands you to give. 
Well, it's very close, the encouragement, where he commands us to give. But there are times that Paul himself says, this is not by commandment. All right, And then he talks about giving. So I'm really sensing this from the Lord, that Scripture leans into the area where the Lord, watch this now, is commanding us to give voluntarily. Did you catch what I'm saying with that? So the idea is, and he's not commanding you to give, as much as he is encouraging you, strongly encouraging you, this is what you should do. And then he brings the whole concept that when we give, it's to come from a voluntary heart of grace rather than a command of law legalism. Now, even with the voluntary, there are caveats to that. When I give, I ought to give in faith. When I give, I ought to give it for his glory. When I give, I ought to do it out of love. When I give, I ought to do it with a pure heart. We're going to talk all about that the second part of this message in another couple of weeks. For right now, I just want you to know that it's an encouragement to give. Look at this verse here. It says, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. So it's not so much a command, but it is a very strong encouragement. I like to put it this way. It's to be voluntary, watch this now, but not casual. It's to be voluntary, but not just simply tipping God on this. Well, the other thing that's interesting is that this word purpose right here, it's the only time that it's used in the New Testament in this language, as I'm told. And what that means is this, that we come prepared, predetermined, that what we have, we have in our heart that we want to give. So my question to you is, do you want to give? Now, you might not always agree with everything that's in the budget or how every penny is spent, but you're not giving to the budget. You're giving to the vision of the, of, the, of the ministry, and you're giving to the Lord and trusting Him to sort all of that out with your voice, with your opinion, but not always with your checkbook. Now, let's go back with this. So when we do this in our heart, are we doing it voluntarily but purposefully? Here's a question to ask and answer in your own heart. Do you look forward to getting your paycheck or your, your Social Security check or your retirement check? Do you look forward to that more to pay off a bill or equal to pay off your basic needs in life as you would to be able to give it? And when you come to church, do you come to church for all the other things that are going on, but at the same time, when that um, offering plate is either in the back or a bucket's back there or they decide to pass the plate... And you say, I, I, this, is my, this is my worship. Look at this. This is one of the many favorite times of my worship service. I get to give. That's that voluntary thing. And yes, I'm doing an obedience to him. What is the obedience? I'm, I'm voluntarily doing this in my heart to him. That's why I try to tell new Christians, watch this now, catch this phrase, very important phrase. We don't ever take an offering here. We receive one. Do you know the difference between the two? If I took an offering, I'd come down here and take your money. I'm taking an offering, all right? But we receive it because you are willingly offering it to him. So we receive what you are offering, and we now use this for his glory and the function of this ministry. All right, let's go to number two. Why should I give? Giving reminds me that everything was given to me by God. We covered that before, so let's just go through that quickly. When I give, I'm saying this is our... I'm only giving what it belongs to him anyway, all right? But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who has given you power to make wealth. All right. So God gave this to me, however that came in. So I'm only giving back that which He's given to me, at least a portion of it. Number three, giving is a way to express my or our others' thankfulness to the Lord. Giving is a way to express my thankfulness to the Lord, but also others' thankfulness to the Lord. 
Let me show you this passage. I want you to look at it. Look at the verse there, 2 Corinthians 9, 12. This is so cool. It says, for the ministry of this service. In the Greek, we get our word liturgy from this. We, we, we could use the word worshipful service. It's not so much serving like a, a slave servant. It's more of a worship experience. For this worship ministry of service, which is giving, is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints. It's, so it's not only just giving them a place to sleep, a, a play, a food to eat. It's not only taking care of their basic needs, but watch this. But this giving is also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. So the only way I could probably explain it is by doing some body language. So if you will look up here, if you can. I don't know if you can see me in the, from the back. But when God gives us this, I am so thankful that he's given me the ability to uh, get this wealth. All right, I'm so thankful that he's given me an outlet for me to disperse it in an environment where I can trust the best use of it. All right, So now I give it away. So I'm thankful for that opportunity. But watch this now. The rest of the verse says, These people over here, the needy saints, when they receive it, it abounds to many thanksgivings to the Lord. So subtly I could say, I'm thankful to God that he's given me all of this to give away so that those people who receive it can even thank God. So the idea is, I'm thankful because it draws me closer to the Lord. I'm also thankful because their, their thanksgiving is not to me who gave it, but it's to God that gave it to them through me. So it's bringing all of us closer to the Lord. Watch this now, but also closer to one another, all through the commodity of bucks. And so to me, that gives me that opportunity. So why do I do that? to bring me closer to the Lord, to bring them closer to the Lord with worship and thanksgiving, and to bring us closer together to the Lord. So, my goodness, why wouldn't I want to give for that purpose? Number four, giving proves the sincerity of my love. Now, I know I can give without sincerely loving. I can go through the duty of it. I can go through the action of it. I, I get that. We've all done that from time to time, I, and we hate it when we do it, when we know we're doing it. But um, at the same time, it should produce sincere love. It says, I'm not speaking regarding this giving as a command. Again, it's kind of like a strong encouragement. But as proving through the earnestness of others, the sincerity of your love also. You love, I love, and there's a great deal of love that goes on because of it. I wanted to get to number five because this one really touches my heart. Although it doesn't speak about giving money, it does speak about giving the greatest resource of all, which is Christ. Look at number five. Giving is what God does. Giving is what God does. John 3.16 For God so loved the world, that's you, that's me, that he did what? He gave his only begotten son. So when I look at, at, at God or Christ, I see, I see gift written all over it. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Christ is life, having Christ I have eternal life. I look at all of that and I say, God gave his son. So here's what I wrote in my margin to me. Our greatest need was met by God's greatest sacrifice. Think about that. My greatest need was met by Christ's greatest sacrifice. Now, play, play in your mind with this a little bit. For God so loved the world that he gave, and so I'm thinking he didn't just give to John the Apostle who is recording this from the Spirit's inspiration. He's saying God gave to, to the world. 
So if God is a giver to the world of the greatest sacrifice, and my life is now hid in Christ, and He is now in me, the hope of glory, wouldn't I want to give me and everything that He has given me that essentially defines me by what He's given me tangibly? Wouldn't I want to also, like Him, give that to the world? Now catch this now. If He gave to the world its greatest need, His greatest sacrifice, then wouldn't I, who is now filled with the fullness of God, want to give to the world my greatest sacrifice for their greatest need? Now, I know I'm not ignorant. I know I'll never die and pay for their sins. We we got all of that. But what I can do is to bring Christ who is in me to them who have the greatest need. I also believe that God is a great giver beyond just the spiritual gift that he gives, but he gives others. And even if he gives me the practical resources, ultimately, watch this, I will take care of making sure that they're fed, they're clothed, but I also want to make sure that I give to them their greatest need isn't their food and clothing, it's their eternality in Christ. Did you catch that? And so now I'm giving for the furtherance of the gospel as an example of what Christ has done for me in my life. Now here's the deal. You may be listening right now, and all you're hearing is money. What I want you to hear now is the heart of a giver. Now catch this phrase. Nothing makes us more like Christ than when we're giving and when we're forgiving. Did you catch that? That's why next Sunday I'm going to break from this message, and I want to talk about how important really is forgiving someone. I want to talk about that. Let's get back to this. All right, so when I look at this... Why do I give? Because I want to be like Christ. He gave his life for me. I want to give whatever he's given to me to help others to know him, watch this, so that they then could give Christ to more people that I'll never reach. So everything is about the furtherance of the kingdom of the glory of God. All right. Here are some amens on this somewhere, I would think. Number, <laughs> number, number six, giving is allowing God to love others through me. Giving is allowing God to love others through me. As each one has received a special gift, I, I believe this is more talking about some of the special gifts that are found in First Peter, but the gift of God, eternal life, I should employ it in serving one another as good stewards. And I really want the world to see Christ through me, and the best way I can do that is to give. First of all, have the attitude of giving and forgiving, and then with it comes whatever resources God has given to me to help that. Number seven, giving strengthens my faith. Giving strengthens my faith. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And you say, how in the world does that link up with giving? Because this is the bottom line of all Christians. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's what we should do with every part of our life. Don't lean on your own understanding. Sometimes you're not going to be able to figure out all that money management, time management situation. You can do the best you can with what you got because you got maybe a bit of leadership and organization going on for you. But for the most part, at the end of the day, you can't make it all work. So you have to trust in the Lord. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And I think acknowledge Him doesn't mean just know Him in your heart. Acknowledge Him is like make Him known. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, publicly, privately, inwardly, outwardly, whatever you do, whatever you say, wherever you go, in all your ways, you are acknowledging Him as Savior and Lord. And then it says, and He will make your path straight. In other words, He will figure this out for you. 
So if you're in the context of finances, this will work. If you're in the context of relationships, this will work. If it's in the context of employment, this will work. And we can just I can go on for the rest of the day on that. So in all of our ways, with all of our hearts, we trust him because the end result in all of this, he will direct our paths for the ultimate purpose of him receiving glory. So it'll strengthen my faith. Let me share with you one, one way that strengthen our faith. Let me take you back, if you don't mind, to the time that we were collect, I was collecting garbage. Okay, and uh, we didn't get paid a whole lot. We treasured every bit of that. I was able to get a part-time job teaching for Job Corps, if you've ever heard of Job Corps or not, uh, LBJ thing that was started a long time ago. And uh, we still barely could make it. Our kids were, you know, they, they're, they're growing and all that, their stuff. And uh, <clears throat> someone was so gracious, and they gave us a card. I'll never forget this. Well, what I will forget is how it got to us, but I do remember getting this card. And I opened it up. And in our house, we get a lot of mail because we just get a lot of mail. So our, our, our guidelines in our home is if Carol's name is alone on the envelope, I don't touch it unless it says from Lover Bob or something. Then I'll open that thing right away. But it never says that. Relax. So I, she opens that. If it says Stan and Carol, I open it. There's a lot of reasons you probably could understand. Or if it says me. On the other hand, all of that mail... I then take the envelope and I turn the card kind of sideways in it so it sticks out. So in a sense, I'm really opening the mail for Carol because I'm her secretary for her to see it. I just got it first. You, get, you got all of that. So I opened up this one, and in it was a crisp folded $100 bill. I mean, I almost had an old-fashioned Methodist spitting fit. You know what I mean? I was just so excited. I couldn't believe it. Oh, look what we got. I told Carol, and I said, oh, oh, oh honey, here, here. You, you hold this now. You put it in your wallet because she, she does the grocery shopping. You know, me, we'd only eat peanut butter if I went shopping, all right? You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear. P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 